Welcome to another inspirational message from Chowdean Community Church, Gateshead. For more information about Chowdean, visit www.chowdean.org.uk. We hope you enjoy the podcast. The first thing the person says from the pulpit is, how many of you are prepared for Christmas? Yeah? And, and I guess as I look around, I've got to know some of you. I could pick some of you out who I would say, if Heather was here, uh, Heather has probably got next year's Christmas cards written out. Is that right, Colin? Yeah? Uh, and if Kathy was well, she'd already got the ingredients for next year's Christmas cakes. Uh, I'm not sure whether she's got this year's done, but I know she hasn't been well. But normally Kathy would have a 20 cakes you normally make would have them all done. And, and I could go around and pick out people who I know would be prepared for Christmas and those who wouldn't. I had a friend, I've got a friend in Lumley, who only ever goes out on Christmas shopping on Christmas Eve. Uh, his philosophy is you get the best bargains uh, on Christmas Eve. I think I'd be a bit worried in case when I got to the shop they didn't have what I wanted and then what do you do for the next day? So I would ask you if you're prepared. Um, some of you might put your hand up. Some of you might say, yeah, I'm nearly prepared. I'm partially prepared. Some of you might say, I've got everything ready for Christmas and that's great. But the question I really want to ask this morning is, do you think God was prepared for Christmas? Hey? Do you think God was prepared for Christmas? Because when we look at the facts, let's move it on to the next slide. We think, well, wait a minute. When we look at this story, it doesn't look like somebody's very prepared, does it? He was somebody, a young girl picked to be the, savior, the, father, the, the mother of the Savior of the world, the Son of God, a young lass. We don't know exactly how old she was, but she wasn't very old. She was unmarried. When it came to be born, she was born in a stable. Well, you know, if we were going to have somebody who was going to be king of kings and lord of lords, you wouldn't think a stable was exactly the right place for them to be born in. And then, what prospects? What was going to happen? And at a time when the Romans were there, who really were an overpowering force, for many people. It doesn't seem as if it all fits together, does it? It doesn't seem like a perfect solution to God sending his son to the world to be Lord of Lords and King of Kings. And we could look at that and think, well, this is really strange, isn't it? But then we always need to remember as Christians that we live in an upside-down kingdom where what seems one thing to the world to us as Christians, is completely different. An upside-down kingdom. And I want to just go through very briefly, we've already touched on it, Esther, without knowing what I was going to speak about, touched on some prophecy from Isaiah. But the next slide, there we go. Did you know that right in Genesis, there was a prophecy of Jesus coming? Right in the early chapters of Genesis, Genesis chapter 3, verse 15, it says, God would send somebody who would bruise the heel of the serpent. That sounds a bit like complicated language, doesn't it? But it means who would take, would take revenge, take back 
what the serpent had taken away, God would send somebody to bruise the serpent's heel and make a difference in the world. That's right back in Genesis. And then in Abraham, we read that Abraham was promised that his descendants, remember Abraham had a big family and and eventually it was David, and then Joseph was the descendant of David. And we're going to talk about a bit more about that. But Abraham was told that his descendants would change the world. Out of his descendants, out of his inheritance of family, would come somebody who would change the world forever. Then Isaiah, we read this morning, Esther read to us, that Jesus would be born of a virgin. He'd be the Son of God, Isaiah 7, verse 14. And then in the last book of prophecy, we read in Malachi. Not many of us have read Malachi. It's an interesting little book. talks about so much about what God's going to do in the future. But in it, it says that the Savior will be born in Bethlehem and a messenger will declare his coming. Malachi was a messenger. Prophets were messengers of what God was given to the people. And Malachi was a messenger at that time. And he said that somebody would come who would be a messenger and tell people about Jesus. Then we have a time in the scriptures of about 430 years when nothing happened. Zilch. No prophets no kings, no angels appearing to anybody. The people, the, Israel, the Jews, were looking for a saviour. They heard nothing, not even a prophet that they didn't like the sound of, that they chose to ignore. Nothing happened. And they were waiting and waiting. And then the time came about in God's plan, in God's preparation, when things started to happen. And a message was sent. The first one, a messenger was sent Remember the scriptures, you've all read them, where in Old Testament time, if a king was coming somewhere, they would send on a messenger. And a messenger would go to the place, they might come to your house, Derek, and say, Derek, you're going to have a king visiting you. Get Moira to prepare a meal for 35 people. Eh? <laughs> You'd have to go to the fish shop, wouldn't you? Alison would have to do it. Yeah, you'd get a message to say the king was coming. The king was coming. And so John the Baptist became that messenger. You know the story how... Um, how uh, sorry. <coughs> Zachariah and Elizabeth were told that they were going to have... Elizabeth was going to have a baby. But she said, how can I do that? Because I'm too old. And eventually she had the baby. And the baby was John the Baptist who went into the wilderness and then came out and told people that the Messiah was coming, that Jesus was coming. There was the messenger saying that the king of kings was coming. And then the time, the time was a strange time. Why, why did Jesus come at the time of the Roman Empire being at one of its strongest periods? Well, the clues there when it says... And Mary and Joseph went to Bethlehem at the decree of Julius Caesar because, uh, sorry, Julius, wasn't Julius Caesar, it was by my line, uh, Caesar Augustus. And um, 
because they all had to go and be counted. It was like a census, wasn't it? They wanted to count how many people, so everybody had to go back to the place of Bethlehem. So it wasn't a coincidence, was it, that Jesus was born in Bethlehem. It was already pre-planned by God that at that right time, Caesar Augustus would make a decree and Jesus and Mary and Joseph would go to Bethlehem and Jesus would be born there. Bethlehem, not a particularly special place, quiet little suburb where nothing, not a great deal happened, but that's where Jesus was going to be born. The place, well, you might think, as I said earlier, a stable. You know, what, what sort of place is that? There was no room in the inn, so it was a stable with the animals there. Well, the reason for that is because Jesus came to be accessible to everybody. If he'd been born in an ivory palace, who would have got past the gates? Who would have got past the guards to go and see him? Certainly not the shepherds. They would never have got in there. And it was a sign that God had a plan for each one of us that Jesus would be accessible to everybody, no matter whether you were a king or just a humble shepherd. Jesus was accessible to all. And then we hold the story of the angels who spoke to the shepherds. Crean told us about this last week. And, um, and the shepherds got a message to go and visit Jesus in the stable. And then if we read further on, there's a bit of confusion exactly when this happened. Sometimes in our Christmas story, we have the wise men visiting the stable. It's suggested that it probably was later on when the wise men visited. But the wise men followed a star. Now, who put the star there? Did it just appear by chance? Or was it prepared by God for, for that occasion for the wise men to go and visit the stable? They had to go and visit the, the newborn baby. So you see, what I'm trying to say is that everything was planned. The whole thing was planned. The whole scenario was planned. The place was planned. The time was planned. The right period of time was planned. I forgot to mention that one of the reasons the Roman time is so important is there's an expression, all roads lead to Rome. So that means that if you want a message to go out, not only did the roads lead to Rome, but the, mess, the, road, the roads from Rome to the empire went out the other way. So if you wanted to spread any messages, that was an ideal time. Transport was at its best in that period of time, long before sat-navs and um, social media. But that was, you know, messages went out there, and it was a time when the message could be spread about Jesus. When people could go out and travel, Paul and the disciples could go out and travel around the Roman Empire and tell people about Jesus. So God had it all planned. It was all purposed. And we know the extension of that plan is when we get to Easter, isn't it? When the purpose of the crucifixion and, God, and, and the Son of God being crucified and dying for each one of us. And so I think, well, what, what do we get out of that? What, what, does it, what comfort does it bring? What does it mean to us? Well, what's important is to remember the sovereignty of God. God is in control. God has a plan and a purpose. And this morning, as I was standing up thinking about, you know, all the people that are ill, when we have things that go wrong in our lives, there are times when we do question, if we're honest, we say, God, what's going on here? 
why, why is this happening? Why is that person died? Why is that person ill? Why is this going on? And it's hard for us to understand, isn't it? Because we look at it through our eyes. And the scripture says, our way, God says, your ways are not my ways, says God. And we can, we can question that. We can question our own particular circumstances. And, and sometimes we don't have an answer, do we? we people are real around us and we, we just have to try and comfort them and encourage them. And, and when they say, why is God allowing this to happen in our lives? It's hard not to come out with a glib answer, isn't it? And say, well, you know, God's got control. And, well, if God's got control, why is this happening? And we can go around that sort of circle of debate and, and wonder what's going on. But then we hit on where, as Esther mentioned, Emmanuel, God is with us. And God says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. So he didn't just come and go after Calvary. His spirit is with us now. And his spirit is a spirit of comfort, a spirit of encouragement. And no matter what circumstances we find ourselves in, God will get alongside us and encourage us and guide us and comfort us and bring peace and joy if we ask him to. There's, a, there's, a, there's an old Negro spiritual song that, for some strange reason, sticks in my head all the time. And it, the words go, I'm not going to sing it by any means, the words go, this world is not my home, I'm just a passing through, and I don't feel at home in this world anymore. And I think those of us who are getting older, particularly, we, we recognize and acknowledge that life goes by really quick. And, and there must be more to life than just this quickness of life because, crikey, I'm 66. Where's it all gone? How many Christmases has that been? 66, of course. Um, <laughs> and where's it all gone to? There's got to be more to life than this. And there is because there's eternity with God. And that's forever, not 66 years. It's eternity. And we're told heaven's a better place to be than uh, as, a, as a good place to be. So this Christmas, it sounds a bit morbid, but just I just want to say to us, you know, those people around who need our comfort and support and prayer, please continue to do that. I know you will anyway. But just bring peace and joy and love and hope to them. And, and as we get uh, into this Christmas season, just continue each day to praise God for what he's done and for the comfort he brings. He is in control he has his eye on each one of us. The scriptures in Jeremiah says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. Then you will call on me and come and pray to me, and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me, and you will seek me with all your heart. When we come to him, he listens to us. When we come to him, he answers our prayers. When we come to him, he brings us peace and joy and, and, and wraps his arms around us. It says, just like a mother hen, I will gather you together under my wings. So I just pray this, this morning, each one of us will find comfort in knowing that God has all things planned, all things purposed for each one of us in our lives.
This is the end of this message. We hope you enjoyed it. If you want to find out more about our church, please visit www.chowdean.org.uk and please take a minute to rate our podcast on iTunes. 